Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I am doing absolutely wonderfully well. I went for a long walk with Durga Yael yesterday, the creator of the goddesses for our conferences. 
the comfrey goddess and the hypericum goddess and now the red clover goddess. She's so beautiful. And I have the original and I'm looking at her. Oh, so wonderful. Mm. Oh, I love the way wow. the roots of the way the roots come out of her arms. And I've been so happy to hear the good news that we have room for maybe one or two more Red Clover presenters. We're just about yes. to up. So you've been mm-hmm. thinking about presenting at the Red Clover Conference. Let us know, because we're, we're about to say, ah, we have everybody we need. Now, you can always enter a short and, you know, Hey, there's still red clover out there. There's still crimson clover and sweet clover and other kinds of clover. So make your red clover shorts because next year when the red clover conference is going on, it may be too early for there to be much red clover. So think about it now. I know this is this is somewhat hard to do, but we do that as herbalists, don't we? We think ahead. Yes, for sure. For sure. For sure. We harvested mm-hmm. some hops. I've been meaning to harvest my hops for a month. And it was somewhat, you know, a little, like, to me, past its prime when we finally managed to get it. Some of it was shattering. Some of it was brown. But it smells so strong. Mm. I had it drying in a basket. And somebody came in here today and said, Oh, my gosh, where's the cannabis? I said, it's not cannabis, it's hops. <gasps> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So, and you're drying it, so are you going to use it for tea, or what, what are you going to Green do? Green pillows. Oh. Because of smell, right? Right. Oh, yes. Very aromatic, and it holds that smell for a long, long, long time. Mm. Mm. As a matter of fact, somebody said that if the smell starts to get like a little, like not noticeable, you can sprinkle your dream pillow with a little witch hazel. And that, oh. will, reactiv- that will reactivate the smell. I love that. Is that just Is for hops or for most dream pillows? For any, for any of them. And hops, of course, is one of the classic herbs for dream pillows. And thank you, science, for following up on this. Um, They find that um, humulus lupulus, hops, has neuroactive properties that influence sleeping. They appear to increase GABA receptor function. Hmm. I have seen people fall asleep next to a cup of hot hops tea. People who swear they never sleep. Wow. And um, we made some hops tincture. Hops tincture is very sleep-inducing. And I'm interested to see if it will also be pain-relieving without being sleep-inducing. Hmm. So, I'm going to be teaching a class on herbal pain remedies 
at the Goddesses in the Redwoods in California next year. Oh. Hmm. And Thursday morning, I'm off to Red Earth Women's Herbal Gathering. Oh, yay. It's here. Yay. I talked to to Astrid last night, and she says there is still room for a few more women. So that's another thing. If you've been thinking, hmm, I wonder if I should do that. I was talking to someone who was telling me that she was feeling very lonely. And I said, well, you know, it's possible to feel lonely, but if you just take a moment, you'll realize there's, like, lots of plants and trees and animals and even insects and mushrooms and mycelium. And you can't really be alone. The whole planet is throbbing with life. And she said, it's not the same as human company. Mm. And I said, okay, I hear you. It's not, it's all planet throbbing with life, but it's not the same as human company. So go online, find a group. There's lots of groups. My friend Robin Free, up until the time when she could no longer use her upper body at all, um, because of her MS, found great solace in talking with other women, and now we can do it by Zoom. And she, back in the day, was just in chat rooms. But it was a a human contact, and I've seen so much for people who are very limited that that contact is so good. And she looks at me and she says, Yes, but it's not the same as actually being with people. And I said, you're absolutely right. I'm on my way out to Colorado to be with, um, I don't know, 150 women or so out at the Red Earth Gathering. Why don't you drop everything and come with us? She said, I I, I don't want to travel that far to be with people. Oh, Resistance is such a delightful companion. Mm, Yes, yes. It It can be a constant. It's so well versed in why we can't, and how impossible it is, and how the state we're in is the only state we're in. And you know, if that's the way it's to be, well, then revel in it. If there is no remedy, then the remedy is to enjoy yourself. Say, oh, here I am again, feeling absolutely weepy and lonely. Oh, what a delight it is that I can feel so lonely. How delighted I am that I am in this human body that experiences these emotions and that I can use my senses and my interior presence and sense of self to have this exquisite feeling of longing and yearning and loneliness. I mean, what did Rumi do with that feeling? Mm. Wow. I don't even know. (laughs) Oh, Rumi turned it into incredible poetry of longing... Longing for the beloved. 
Mm. Wow. The yearning that we feel. This is, to me, this is what gets us up in the morning, right? That we wake up yearning. Mm. We wake up wanting. I said to someone recently, and I think it's really quite true, to be a woman is to never be satisfied. Mm. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want it more. I want it different. I want it <laughs> better. I want it. Yes. 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 Like yours, it's just like 
so relaxed. It's like, stand up. Oh, no, I just want to lie on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. I had to. I had to prop the sunflower up too. Its head got so heavy. Aw. Oh, I'm so happy our sunflower is also in bloom now. Something ate the head off of it real early on, and I was wondering, but now it's got a beautiful sunflower head and a couple more trying to make it up there. Yay! So, I'm so happy. Yeah. Somebody gave me miniature sunflowers in a bucket for my birthday, and I dutifully planted them, skeptical as I'll get at. I mean, the bucket is like maybe six inches in diameter. It's small, and I was supposed to plant these three seeds in it. And lo and behold, three miniature bonsai sunflowers grew with flowers like, oh, maybe a little bigger than tansy, but perfect sunflowers. They were just so cute. So cute. Wow, I've never seen wow. that. That's so Yeah. So I've had sunflowers from the from like I don't know, these are as they're flowering, they're maybe five or six inches tall. Mm. To the the big giant one. Uh with its head bigger than my face. Mm. Wow, talk about extremes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and I, everywhere, everywhere, the Asteraceae is shouting, hey? Oh, it sure is. Yes, everywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wood, I, we have a beautiful plant called a woodland aster here, and it only grows about knee high, but it's covered in white to purplish rayed asters. They're not really strongly yellow at the center, but there's a little bit of yellow at the center, and there are just millions of them this year. It's stunning. Like the snowy carpet. And um, then, of course, the goldenrod, which is also an aster. Yes, it's so there too. Mm-hmm. And all of the cone, all of the cone flowers, Echinacea and blanket flower and black-eyed Susan. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's such a colorful parade, and then all of the pollinators dutifully working them. I miss my New England after. I need to I'd like to get another little start of that. I was at our old home and just. Oh, so beautiful. It was a rich purple with a bright yellow center. I planted it in the exact wrong spot, front and center of my front yard. (laughs) It was five feet tall after, but it was great. It it just sets the tone for Wild Lives Here. (laughs) (laughs) It is a beautiful, beautiful plant. When um, Justine and I went down to the industry, uh, garden to do some videotaping. There was a plant there that I at first thought was the New England aster because it's very tall, taller than my shoulders and that beautiful, it's just such a stunning purple color. It's a rich, mm-hmm. it's like velvety purple. It's a bright mm-hmm. yellow center, but it wasn't. As I got closer to it, I saw that it wasn't, that the leaves were a little different and the flower was actually different. And it said, I am ironweed. I'm like, whoa. Went home and looked it up, and sure enough, that's what it is, is ironweed. Oh, wow. Interesting. I'll have to look yeah. for that. Yeah, it's a little more 
toward the Eupatorium side of the Asteraceae. Okay. The, the petals are much more finely, the so-called petals, the ray flowers, are much more, are much finer. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So good time, good time to be harvesting, good time to be looking around. I will admit that this is also a time of the year when I am at my most vigilant and work the hardest on removing grass. Hmm. How come that, now? That growth, that growth spurt that you're seeing in the trees is happening in all of the plants. They're really putting hmm. down good roots to go over the winter now. So this is the time to really get the grass out. You know, I often tease that if you don't Want to spend time with grass, don't be a gardener, because you're going to spend most of your time taking grass out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, like to hold on to, oh, my, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not enjoy that so much last fall. I did take a lot of grass out. I'll be, I have more grass to take out, that's for sure. Grass, 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 especially the kind of garden stuff I have where I don't put down black plastic or um, herbicides or things like that. Just uh, working with with what's right out there. Well, where is that? Here we go. Anna Clint is going to be with us tonight in, gosh, just a little bit over an hour from now. Anna works with women all over the globe to heal their painful past in order to create lives they really love. She is an expert in the field of psycho-spiritual energetic healing, using state-of-the-art energy healing tools and transformational listening plus spiritual coaching to guide her clients out of confusion, self-doubt, and perfectionism and into a life of grace, ease, connection, and purpose. Anna lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. When she's not writing about self-love and ascension, you'll find her walking her one-eyed healer, Luna Tuna, amongst the juniper trees. So hang in there with us until 9 o'clock, or come back to hear what Anna has to say about healing your past and living a purposeful life. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Um, no, thanks. I think I am good. I see we've got three callers. Well, let's get started with those callers then. All right. And then also we do have an email question that's been hanging out um, for a couple weeks. We've um, had so many callers, so just... Um, I want to remember that this week as well, and we'll let's okay, see. Let's, my yes, let's oh. let's uh, okay. 
put it, let's say that that is the, the, you said there's three callers, let's make it the fourth caller. So whoever calls after oh. that is the fifth caller. So that way we'll be sure that it's in the queue. Does that work? That sounds great. And I'll remind All everyone right. listening that a question for Susan this evening. Uh, press one, and then we'll see your hand go up in the queue, and uh, you will be in line to have your line open and speak live with Susan. All right. Here we go. And we'll start in the 917 area code. In the 917, you are live with Susan. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Hi, Susan. Um, this is Nagin. I actually called like the last couple of minutes um, two weeks ago, and I mentioned that I have um, that I'm working through H. pylori. And um, and you were like, oh my gosh, call back next week. But anyway, okay. here I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, you um, know, Heliobacter is a, to me just a fascinating story because we start with modern medicine um, actually kind of acting like uh, mind-body things are important by for a long time saying ulcers in your stomach, ulcers in your digestive tract are caused by stress. You have to calm down. You can't be a type A personality. You know, you have to soothe yourself. And then a scientist thought, you know, it just doesn't seem right to me. It's a real problem, and I think it actually has a causative agent. And working with um, the digestive juices from the stomach of a great number of people, he was able to identify a bacteria that is found basically in all human stomachs and in a greater degree in stomachs where there's ulcers. And that's Heliobacter pylori. So the medical profession didn't want to believe him. He proved his point by culturing the bacteria, consuming a large dose. Consuming a large dose and getting ulcers so badly he almost died from internal bleeding. Yeah, I read that as well. Quite the amazing story. So for me, it doesn't say to me that we were wrong because, of course, we know that pretty much all disease manifestation is related to stress. Um, And it doesn't say that he was wrong. I think there is more of this bacteria uh, when there are ulcers, but in the modern world where it becomes an us or them and either or, um, what happens is antibiotics are used to wipe this bacteria out and that actually results then in worsening of digestive problems. That's exactly, yeah, it's like it doesn't make sense. Like, oh, here's, you know, your stomach is already so sensitive and vulnerable why would you know why would I put antibiotics anti life into my body to make me feel worse? 
But yeah, I I didn't I I'm doing the holistic throughout. And when I called you last week, I was actually it about 10 about almost this Friday exactly will be two weeks that I feel like there's been a breakthrough because I don't have the pain anymore because I was also in, in some pain. Um, I did add a little bit of um, fermented foods in the last few days, but I feel like the fermented food gets me really bloated. But at the moment I'm doing, I'm doing mastic gum. I'm doing this one supplement um, that is for H. pylori. I'm doing licorice. Um, I'm doing, you know, tablespoons of turmeric three times a day with, um, I'm doing just a few drops of golden seal. Um, I'm doing also um, a raw garlic a few times a day. So just like really natural and all of that stuff, you know, like, like I said, in the last 10 days, it's finally starting to like to work. And I'm supposed to go and give a stool test this week just to see, you know, where I am. All right. You're doing a couple of things that are a little bit alarming to me. Okay. So let's see. The last thing you mentioned was raw garlic, yes? Yeah. So... When you are using that raw garlic, do you let it sit for 10 to 15 minutes so that it can develop its medicinal property? I let it sit for two to three minutes. Should I leave it longer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The allicin is an oxidative byproduct. Mm-hmm. And raw garlic is not particularly kind to the stomach. I try to eat it with food. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, I. if you're making sure that there's other stuff going into your stomach at the same time, that should be perfectly okay. okay. I'm not sure that garlic is going to... help, but it probably won't hurt since you are making sure to let it sit out and since you're eating it with food. You mm-hmm. also mentioned golden seal. Mm-hmm. And I ask the Native women that I knew, Native American women that I knew about golden seal for a very long time before anybody would answer me. And finally, one of the women said, you know, said, you know, you're really bothering us asking about golden seal, and you keep asking over and over again. I said, yeah, and you keep telling me you use it as a dye, and I know it's true. It was yellow pecoon. It's a good, bright, fast dye. I said, but I know you must have used it another way. She said, okay, so I'm going to tell you the primary way that we used it, but you're not going to like it. I said, okay. She said, you probably heard that except for the great peaceful nations, the nations fought each other. And you've probably heard that they not only fought each other, but that they tortured each other. And what you maybe didn't hear was that the women got to torture the women captives. And one of our favorite tortures was to tie a woman up and not give her anything 
to eat or drink for several days and then to give her golden seal. And it would either cause liver failure, kidney failure, or ulcers. Wow. Which would cause her to die of liver failure or kidney failure or internal bleeding. All three of which are extremely painful. For these reasons and others, I have never once used golden seal. Okay. Do you know anything? Do you know anything about where golden seal grows? No. Well, it grows as far away from people as it possibly can. So right away, we get a strong message from golden seal that it should not be an item that we would use regularly. It might be something that we could use for some big problem, but we wouldn't want to use it daily. Okay. And I think that what you're doing, and tell me if I got it wrong, but it sounds like what you're doing is trying to kill the heliobacter with herbs. Definitely. Why not just take the antibiotic if that's what you want to do? It makes no sense to me. You're doing exactly what we just said isn't healthy. So what do you think that I should do? I mean, isn't it? Healthy stomachs have heliobacter. What I do as a wise woman is I nourish. I nourish wholeness and I nourish health. I don't set about killing things, especially not something that is known to be in the stomachs of all healthy human beings. So I like to use slippery herbs. I like marshmallow root. I like slippery elm. My friend, walking partner's husband, who underwent treatment for throat cancer, loves okra because it's so healing to his digestive system. Oh, I just bought some okra. Yes. Now, let's think and maybe even feel into this just for a moment. Mm -hmm. So I want you to just maybe close your eyes and be with your body and think about eating okra. And then I want you to breathe out like you're blowing out candles. And open your eyes and then close them and be in your body and think about taking golden seal. Those two imaginings were they different? Did you have any different experience with that? Um, I can't really say. Maybe mm-hmm. I need more time with it. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. The golden seal generally has an energy of fighting and tightness, whereas the marshmallow 
has an energy of opening and strengthening. Okay. What we want to do is to strengthen your tissues so they don't ulcerate and bleed. Are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions right now? Yes. Um, as per your suggestion, I'm doing um, linden, metal, red clover, and comfrey. Okay, rotating through this. Yes. Excellent. The comfrey is one of the biggest healers to the digestive system. And I find that comfrey is far better and far safer than licorice. Okay. Can you grow licorice? Can I? <laughs> I've never tried. It's a tropical plant. The licorice that I'm taking is a it's a supplement. Yeah, I know that's a problem, isn't it? Every time Consumer Reports and other consumer watchdog industry places go out and buy herbal supplements, herbs in capsules, and take them to the laboratory, I find the vast majority of them either don't contain what they're supposed to contain, contain more of what they're supposed to have than what they say contain less, or in some instances contain heavy metals, antibiotics, amphetamines, and other hormonal drugs. I don't and can't consider it safe to take an herb in a capsule. I'm not really into supplements as well. Like I, you know, I just like eat, eat, you know, high vibrational foods and obviously my herbs, you know, I like to go to the source. What is it? What um, this is a low vibration food. Just like, you know, like healthy food, like vegetables, you know, good quality meats and good water. Foods without labels. Exactly. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) I I tend not to use the words high and low because they're so divisive. Okay. You see, I don't want to be high because if I'm high, then someone is lower than me. And it's certainly not my spiritual goal to make anyone lower than me. I like that, Susan. So, Susan, I know that the H. pylori, it exists in, like, all humans. It's just that when it goes out of balance, that's when, you know, it becomes troublesome. So even though, like, right now it is out of balance, you would still, and that's why, you know, I've been taking the, the holistic um, and the herbal antibiotics because, you know, it'll help to kill, like, it, it won't kill the good bacteria in my body. So even <laughs> then you would <laughs> still. Golden steel is a massive destroyer of gut flora. Okay. I'm not going to take it. Um, I'll stop taking it. And when you take an herb in a capsule form, it also is pretty hard on gut flora because it breaks open in your gut and it's not hydrated yet. Mm -hmm. So again, marshmallow root 
contains vitamins and mucilage to help heal the surface of the gut. And again, it's completely up to you. The scientific tradition thinks you have a bacterial overgrowth that should be killed. And you can use herbs to achieve that end. The heroic mindset says that you have a problem which is caused by imbalance and that the way to come back into balance is to kill something. And you can use herbs to achieve that end. And the wise woman mindset says that health comes about by nourishing wholeness, not by killing things. There's a bumper sticker on my refrigerator from a past apprentice, Linda Conroy, who runs two beautiful women's uh, herbal and mushroom conferences, and it says, what if nourishment works? Okay. And um, the four four, um, nourishing herbs, like the linden, the... Red clover. I also mix some. Is it better? Is it okay if I take the mix, or do you recommend just doing? I do not like want just, you to mix them. Absolutely not. Okay, just do one. Like just rotate them. Okay. One at a time. And what kind of scale did you get? I'm sorry. What kind of scale did you get? What do you mean? What kind of scale? Scale. A scale for weighing out the one ounce of herb. Um, I just have like a like a small little scale. It ha- you know goes by grams, ounces. Good. So you're able to get mm-hmm. one ounce of thirty grams of herb. Mhm. Yeah. Good. All right. So and long as you're weighing the herb out, um, using the individual herbs, I think that you will find that that will work. Very well indeed. Okay. And so, and what about the marshmallow and the slippery elm? How many grams of that should I be taking per day? And do, do I also rotate those? Mm-hmm. And so let me ask you this. How many grams of fruit do you eat each day? I'm sorry, do you take each day? Okay, so right now I haven't been really... These are nourishing anything. herbs. We don't take them. Mm-hmm. Right we drink, now, um, drink our nourishing herbal infusions. What I do when I'm using marshmallow, and since they cut me up and threw my guts on the table and cut some of them out and then put them back in my body, I'm a big friend of marshmallow. Okay. Um, I have a quart of marshmallow infusion in the refrigerator along with my other nourishing infusions. So, Perhaps I'm drinking, today I'm drinking linden infusion. And if I was drinking marshmallow, there would also be a quart of marshmallow. I'm not. Right now I'm drinking kava. And so there's a quart of kava infusion in the refrigerator. And once I've drunk my quart of linden for the day, then I will have, I had some in the morning, and I'll have a little more this evening um, so that I'm getting some of that on a daily basis. The marshmallow is very soothing and healing. The comfrey and the linden are as well. So you have three really important soothing and healing plants working for you. 
and they're in you'll be doing the marshmallow daily because it's the mildest of them all and um the slippery elm i like to mix with honey and make into like balls that i can suck on okay And you don't, because I haven't really been doing fruit because of the sugar content. Because that kind of just feeds so when, the H. pylori. When, when we um, digest food, it turns into sugar. We run on sugar. The idea that it will interfere with bacteria to not eat fruit hasn't been shown to be true. As a matter of fact, fruits like cranberries have been shown to be antibacterial. Fruits like blueberries are antibacterial. I've been drinking, so I'm off the cranberry juice right now. It's been like maybe a week, but I was doing cranberry juice as well. That seems... Absolutely reasonable, and cranberries are fruit. Yeah, so that I, was like... I prefer, when they're in the season, to buy whole cranberries, freeze them, and then whenever I want cranberry um, as a medicine food, then I just cook some cranberries. I usually have some organic uh, lemon or orange peel that I can cook with them and add a little organic sugar or organic honey because cranberries are very tart. Mm-hmm. And that way I can control how much is in it, whereas in the juice I can't control how much is in it, how much sweetener is in it. Although there used to be a concentrate that you could buy, which wasn't sweetened. Yeah, that's the one that I get. It's just like pure... Cranberry Dynamic. juice, there's no, yes, there's no sugar added, it's, you know. Oh, good. I'm glad they're still in business. Good for them. That's a great one to use. So, so, so again, you need to be doing this the way you imagine it. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was fond of telling the story about how she really got into that people needed to, like, fight off their cancer and they needed to use imagery and affirmation and she was talking to this man about that and you know about creating these images of his cancer being knocked down and killed and he said Elizabeth I'm a Quaker I don't I don't do that and she said good well I'll be back in a week and you tell me how you the Quaker are going to get rid of your cancer and when she got back in a week he said to her I have a little um, line of helpers lining up, carrying the cancer away cell by cell with love and gratitude. Hmm. That's a beautiful imagery. Yes. What are we committed to? Are we committed to war or not? Are we committed to nourishment? Are we committed to loving ourselves? Or are we going to make war on ourselves? Or is always justified if you care to justify it. Awesome. 
So, Susan, you mentioned the, the marshmallow I should drink that daily plus the other four, like rotating the other four herbs, like the comfrey. I drink, and... a, quart of, I drink a quart of nourishing herbal infusion every day. I rotate okay. through five herbs. The one that you haven't added is oat straw, and that's okay. It's not a problem. And I do have herbs on the side, like marshmallow root or astragalus root or hibiscus or marshmallow root if I'm tending to something particular. So I'll be drinking about six cups of infusion a day then. Usually with the one that's going along on the side, I'm drinking some in the morning and some again in the evening. And I make them as simples. I don't mix them together because I want to have a body awareness of what's going on and how I'm responding. Okay. And 30 grams in one quart of water. Yes, one ounce in one quart of water. Okay. And what do you think about, you know, ferment, fermented foods? I think they make you gassy. When I first got out of the hospital, I could watch other people eat. And I could eat, oh, mashed potatoes without skins. And uh, brie. It's pretty limited. But I watched everybody eating those things, and I said, and I will be eating those. My body will heal, my intestines will heal, and I will eat all foods. No food foibles is my motto. Just because I can't eat something now, I um, ate some kohlrabi the other night. And then the night after that, I ate some more kohlrabi. And it's been a long haul getting the brassicas back into my diet because um, they give me pretty intense um, gas pains. And given what they did to me my body just kind of shuts down when there's gas pain. And I was very happy that I did not um, have the kind of gas pain that shut me down. Instead, I had like a terrible ache in my hips. Like, okay, you know, better. Mm-hmm. Right? And the same thing, beans. Just so difficult to get beans back into my diet and trying, you know, a tablespoon of hummus or a little bit of this. And I said, ah, oh, canned beans. I can do a small amount of canned beans once every other week. We're just moving toward getting those things back in my diet. So you eat something that you want to be part of your healthy diet and it's not working for you, set it aside, come back to it. Okay. Um, just one more thing about the raw garlic. I also... um. If you can tell me what do you think of its medicinal um, properties. So I did the raw garlic, you know, like I mashed it's, it's, it in my pestle and mortar. It's part of your arsenal. It's part of your arsenal of, of weaponry. Well, I mixed it with, um, after I let it sit for a few minutes, I mixed it with olive oil and chopped um, cilantro which is mm-hmm. so yummy. I'm recommending it to everyone. Is that, like, once it's mixed what with I, olive what oil? I prefer to do, what I prefer to do is actually make pesto. Mm-hmm. 
So I take my herb, basil, or parsley, or cilantro, or dandelion leaves, and I chop it a little bit, and I put it in my mini prep with garlic and salt and olive oil and blend it up into pesto. And then I preserve the antioxidant value of the herb because the herb is now marinated in the oil. I will actually get vitamins from it when I'm eating the fresh herb. I get virtually no nutrition at all. You know that there's no nutrition in raw food. Okay. So I'll make a pesto. Yeah, make a pesto. And then you have it, so long as you don't put nuts or cheese in it, a pesto will stay good in the refrigerator for up to two years. Yeah, okay. And that's a great thing to do. Yeah, you know, it takes you 15, 20 minutes between doing it and washing up, but then you have pesto for a while. And you don't have to, like, stop and chop the garlic every day. Okay. Yeah, one, of my, think... one of my favorite breakfast add-ons is a tablespoon of pesto. So good. Tried with the cilantro. It's amazing. I agree. It is fabulous. Mhm. I actually, there's a farm, the farm stand I go to every Saturday. They're called Bodhi Tree. They're out in New Jersey. Their food is so good. Their veggies, everything. And they had last Saturday curly cilantro, which I had never heard of before. And it's the taste is a little spicy. But it was so lovely. So I, I made the pesto out of that. What's fun? Mm-hmm. All right. Let me say green blessings and bye-bye for now so that I can talk to the next person. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we'll have a caller who's dialed in from the 401 area code. From the 401, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you tonight? Enjoying this beautiful weather. How about you? Yes, this has been quite nice. I work outside, so as it's cooling, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. <laughs> and hopefully some rain tomorrow. Um, I have a quick, pretty quick question, I believe. Um, my son's been home, started school last week, and so we're home this week with a little cold of some sort. Um, and we have our usual stuff that we go to, but his throat, he had like a dry cough and sounded like a sore throat. Um, and without having um, a package of just powdered slippery elm, I have some capsules. Um, and I wondered, um, I attempted to make the slippery elm balls from Monica Jean's video. Um, they didn't come out so great because I think I, I was adding some cinnamon, um, so the consistency was off. But um, I kind of wanted to make it happen faster, so I thought, well, gee, can I just, put the slippery elm in some maple syrup and give it to him like a cough medicine and will he still get the same benefits or does it have to be like in a lozenge form where it's consistently, I mean, will it still give you those demulsant properties if it's eaten and digested basically versus topically running down the throat? It's a lot more effective when it is running down the throat. As a, okay. Um, Basically, it's demulcent as it comes in contact with things. Really topically, okay. 
So people who are dealing with like ulcerative colitis are more likely to consume it so that it gets mm. all the way down into the intestines. The n- nice sense. thing about um, the Cyprium balls is that they can just be put in the cheek and slowly, slowly, slowly so that the effect goes on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right? It usually takes like at least 20 minutes to dissolve the ball. What I, yeah. The analogy that I like is pido. It's critically important that you add the honey to the slippery element, not the other way around. Um, I'm trying to think. Add the honey to the yeah. That is that I actually did maple syrup instead of honey, but that is what I did. And kind of rolled around on it, and and then I. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. The, I'm not sure the maple syrup's going to work at okay. all like it the honey well because it, yeah, it doesn't really um, adhere. But as you yeah. say, you know, it makes kind of a, a, a syrupy thing that can be swallowed. Right. Um, my uh, my daughter just boils it in water and drinks it as glass. Drinks it, yeah. So then um, it's at least at least in the throat a longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right, it's consistent. So I but I wouldn't necessarily think of drinking cyprium if there was a cough. Usually it's cyprium lozenge if there's a cough. Yeah. And or mullen in any way, mullen tea, mullen. Tincture all help to quell coughs. Hmm. We did do, um, I have some of the mullen and garlic ear oil, which we've done. Two no, that will not work. That's the flowers. That doesn't work at all. Well, he, he's got sinus congestion, and so that's, that was the idea with attempting that. Um, but for the cough, you're saying. I actually, um, I, I read. I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about a cough. I didn't understand that switched. Well, I think the cough is coming and the sore throat is probably coming from post-nasal drip because he has a lot of, he's pretty good about blowing his nose, um, but he does have a consistent, I think it's either aggravating it or causing it one or the other. Um, so, but I, he he's drinking red clover infusion, um, which I read today I was unaware of. It's supposed to help with a spasmodic cough. Um, yes. And I think I did notice some this morning when I and read it, and everybody drank the rest of the day. There was a lot less coughing but, all afternoon. About how, long so. been, about how long has he been coughing now? Um, yesterday and today, I would say. Today was a little oh, worse than yesterday. So not a really long time. All right. No, 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 no. And what I love about having herbs at home is you can begin treatment immediately. <laughs> you don't have I, to wait for an appointment. Absolutely agree with you. You do not need someone to diagnose cough. Right. Um, so, um, and the I had considered I I make coffee at the holiday times, but I guess I would be destroying the demulcent properties if I tried to make a toffee pop thing with um, with slippery elm in it. Has to be a cold infusion, I believe. Um. I don't think that you can destroy the demulcent properties. Oh, okay. I know, I know that I make comfrey infusion and marshmallow infusion, um, usually starting with an ounce in a quart jar and filling it to the top with boiling water in both instances. Mm. 
then with the comfrey, what I do is I dump the wet comfrey leaves after I've drunk the infusion into a pan and add a couple of cups of cold water hmm. and and brew it up and let it sit to bring out the demulcent qualities, which mm. haven't, have not been activated by the hot water. With the marshmallow, uh-huh. right, but the hot water has gotten me the minerals, which I want. And the mm. marshmallow, after I've done that first quart of hot water, and I drink that marshmallow root, then I just add cold water to the jar. And let it sit in the refrigerator. And I may do that several times. From the same, yeah, okay. The same route until it's not slippery anymore. Mm, okay. I need to get some marshmallow on hand that I did not have. Yeah. I uh, bought two marshmallow plants from Linda Conroy when I was at the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. And one of them was an older plant, and it's flowered, it's fairly tall, good-looking, has lots and lots of seeds. And mm. the, the other one has a tre- trebled in size, and it will probably flower next year. It is a garden plant, and it is easy to grow and propagate. So for now, mm. buy some marshmallow for sure. But if, mm. you have, if you have some garden room, it's a great plant to Bring on in to your space. Mm. Excellent. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for your call. Marshall, blessing. Green blessing. Good night. All right. And we will move to our next caller who has dialed in from the 352 area code. From the 352, you are live with Susan. Hello. Hey, Susan. How are you doing this evening? Oh. This is Carol. Hey, Carol. How are you? Doing great. I wanted to share something and ask you what in the world. Um, passion flower is pretty out nice and strong right now. And, um, and I know it's good for sleep. So as I'm harvesting it, these bumblebees are literally falling asleep on these flowers. <laughs> have you ever seen it? I mean, uh, I, I'm thinking, are they dead? And, but I, and I and I go out like in the evening, right at dusk. And every tenth flower, there'll be either one or three bumblebees just sitting on it, no humming, not moving. And then I wiggle the thing, and one 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 little you know wings will start buzzing, and then I'm like, you know, move, move, and like when I I flicked one off my fingers, I like kicked it off and it came alive in midair. So I thought, wow, that would be considered a doctrine signature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, before my very eyes. I've actually seen that on numerous flowers, and usually it's the carpenter bees. Which look a mm. little like like small like bumble, mm-hmm. but they're smaller, and you yeah, can actually right. you can actually pet them. They get so just blissed out from the nectar. 
And I think also that they forage later in the day, and then they get a little cold. Ah, yeah. Yeah, and then it's kind of like, oops, a little hard to move now. Right, they're full, and now they're just tired. And what a right. phenomenon. They're, they're full, and the temperature has dropped, and like, uh-oh. <laughs> and it feels good, so probably. It was just funny when they came alive in midair from the little sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, they really are asleep. <laughs> I got some hibiscus leaves tonight at the farmer's market. Um, and I thought, oh, pesto, when you were talking to that lady. I thought, I've never, I've never tried hibiscus leaves. I, I like to use hibiscus pretty daily. And that uh, leaves, may, it might make an interesting pesto. It might. Okra is in the hibiscus family. And so is marshmallow. And they're all kind of sticky and slimy, so I'm not exactly sure where this pesto is going to go. Okay, well, try a little bit, see what happens. But so gonna cook call, it, call us back and, and let us know. <laughs> I shall. I'm more tempted to put it in with my collards. Slippery, so slimy nice collards. Pork. Yeah, it's a little lemony. I just couldn't wait to share this thing with the bees. It was, all right, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. But anyway, I'll let you go. Maybe you can get another call in. It was nice talking to you, Susan. Thanks for your call. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. All right. And we do have an email question. And before we go to that, I'll remind everyone listening, um, we may have time for one more caller after the email, so if you've got a question for Susan this evening, please press 1 and raise your hand, and we will go to you after the email question, provided we've got time. All right, and are you ready for the email then? I am ready for the email question, yes. All right, it's a lot of detail, so I am just going to read it all the way through. Hello, Susan. I'm glad I found you two months ago. I enjoy learning from you books and listening to the podcast. Thank you for what you do. I have a question about my diet I wanted to ask. During my three pregnancies in 2021, I had a food aversion and developed a preference to plain Greek yogurt and cheese. I could eat these types of food as my daily protein all day, fruit and some vegetables. After pregnancy, my appetite normalized and I added back vegetables Some other proteins like chicken, meat, eggs, sometimes fish, but the habit to eat lots of cheese and yogurt states. I usually eat 8 to 12 ounces of cheese and 15 to 30 ounces of yogurt every day. Fruit, vegetables, olive or avocado oils, and animal fat. I do not eat grains. Last three years after I found out using a glucose meter for six months that they raised my blood sugar too much. So my diet is low carb now. My weight is normal. I am 42, still nursing my one and a half year old baby, homeschooling my older children, overall feeling good. But I am worried too much protein from cheese and calcium from it may somehow damage my health. 
my kidneys, or arteries. I've done some blood and urine tests, and they still seem normal. There are days when I am busy or stressed out or upset, and I can eat two to three blocks of eight-ounce cheese, 24 ounces total, per day. The visual consequences usually of bloating after yogurt and cyst-like under-skin pimples that may take five to seven days to go away. I tried to limit my dairy consumption, but it does not work for a long time. Also, I tried to agree with my husband who does grocery shopping and get him not to buy cheese, so I couldn't see it in the fridge, but couldn't because he and the children need it in their diet. When I had a physical exam, I asked for abdominal and kidney ultrasound to check if I'm still fine, and there is not tons of calcium deposits as I imagined, and I was about to do it and then realized that's probably too much imaging, and I had it three years ago and it was normal. And I started to look for an answer if ultrasounds are as safe as they are told to be. And I found the answer in your book abundantly well and canceled the ultrasound appointment. If you could please recommend or advise something about this situation in general and how to break emotional eating habits. Also, do you think overeating calcium-rich foods may have irreversible consequences? Thank you for your help and your time. No, yes, no, yes, yes. Um, Of course, if we were talking, the very first question that I would ask is, are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions? And your answer would make a big difference in the answers that I would give to your other questions. As you were talking about how much cheese and how much yogurt you were eating, um, the first thing that struck me was, oh, this is a nursing woman. I actually recommend that nursing women drink three quarts of infusion a day. I suspect that if you were drinking three quarts of nourishing herbal infusion a day, while you would still want cheese, you would not be able to eat 24 ounces or a pound and a half of cheese on a daily basis because your mineral needs would be being met by the nourishing herbal infusions. That's what your body wants is the minerals. It's interesting to me that you focus on calcium as though yogurt and cheese were only calcium. As you yourself stated, they are rich in healthy fats. They are rich in healthy proteins. They are rich in healthy vitamins, and they are rich in a variety of minerals, including calcium. Calcium is not used by itself in the body, and that's why we run into trouble when we take a supplement. When we're taking supplements, then we can, in fact, have consequences from taking in too much calcium because it's not really in a usable form, so it causes side effects. So, again, to reiterate, you're not causing yourself any health problems. You're certainly not causing yourself any cardiac problems, and you're not causing yourself any bone problems. Good studies have shown that there is no upper limit on the amount of yogurt or cheese that a woman can eat and maintain good bone 
health. There is an upper limit on uh, dairy milk. Um, more than a quart of fluid milk a day can lead to lessening of bone mass, but there's no limit on cheese or yogurt in terms of all of the observational studies uh, that have been done on that. But if you were drinking nourishing herbal infusions, at least half a gallon and better three quarts a day, I suspect you would find different things happening. I also suspect that you wouldn't find that grains would raise your glucose because, in fact, whole grains are designed to maintain and moderate blood sugar, and it's kind of hard to have a healthy diet and maintain a healthy blood sugar for decades without whole grains in the diet. Green blessings. If I miss something, I hope you can give a call. Good night. All right. Thank you. And um, we do have a caller that has raised their hand, so we think we've got enough time for one more question. And we'll go, if you're ready, to the 217 area code. You ready for your next call? I'm ready. All right. In the 217, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. It's Jackie. Hey, Jackie. How, How are, are you? you doing today? I'm great. I've been out in the garden and the yard all day today. Oh, right. you lucky girl, you. I needed, I needed a good weather day, and the red clover was out there celebrating and working on my shorties and back to doing some markets so the weather's better, so that's always fun. Yes. I Yes, and I called in to give this wonderful report. So a couple months ago, you had this wonderful lady from the mountain area who did nails, and she said she used bee balm on fungus. Purple bee balm. Yes, ma'am. Well, I went right out there and did it the next day and strained it off, and I said, I'm doing this because I run into veterans who have terrible foot funk. So my first day at the market, a week and a half ago, this lady, electrical mechanic, so cool, crocheting these comfort critters and hair scrunchies was itching her feet. And I said, please, may I give you this? And I explained it and she said, let me give you a hair scrunchie. Aww. And yes. Now she's going to make me one with every color to match my, my outfit. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> yes, ma'am. She said for 15 years her feet have itched. She has itched, scratched them bloody. And she had a week without it hurting, itching, no problems, uh, hit me up today and said, can I use this on my dog's feet? He's always itching his feet. Oh, wow, of course. <laughs> I said, yes, but let's look at his dog food, too, and make sure there's no corn and soy in there. <laughs> you know, dogs will tend to smell like Fritos or corn chips if they're, um, they get itchy feet. So, 
But it worked. It was so great. And I just wanted to, like, tell everybody. And one of my clients is uh, a a nurse in charge of some things out at the VA. So I'm real happy to be able to get in contact with her and say, send those veterans to me. She works with a good group of ladies. Yeehaw! Yeehaw, get their feet, quit itching. So I guess that's a way for herbs. Way for herbs and for bee balm. I mean, here in Illinois, it grows wild everywhere in set-aside fields. It's one of the plants they plant. So it's one of those those flowers that are everywhere. And, you know, those are my favorite, the ones out the back door so I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I'm just excited about it, and I wanted to share that with you. And counting down the weeks to come and do Moon Lodge with you. I'm really excited. I'm going to stay with Justine. And okay, fantastic! Yeah. Yay! Yay! Well, I'm counting down to then, Jackie. I know. I think we're about out of time. I can't wait to listen to Annie. My husband really enjoyed. We listened to a podcast or one of the things you and Annie did two weeks, two years ago, and you were talking about running chainsaws, and he thought it was wonderful. All right. um, (laughs) He had been kind enough to uh, some of the students that I had years ago. He talked the ladies, any of them that wanted to learn to use chainsaws or any tools. So, oh, all right. Yeah. So you got points. Yeah. And we had popcorn uh, waiting and enjoying this and waiting for Annie. For okay. Annie, you, and to get it to go. I guess that's yeah. about it. I'll see you in two weeks. You got more calls, I bet. Uh-oh. All right. See you in a couple of weeks. You got it. And have a great time with Astrid. Give her a hug for me. You bet I will. Love you. Right. Love. Love you, girl. Bye. All right. And uh, like we have about 11 minutes before uh, Anna is scheduled to join us. She is here. Um, if you'd like to go to her, I don't see another hand raised. Um, what would you like me to do? I could also announce that we have time for another question. Well, I think that people know that we have time for another question, and they haven't raised their hand. So why don't we welcome Anna Clint? She works with women all over the globe, healing their painful past and creating lives they really love. Anna is an expert in the field of psycho-spiritual energetic healing using state-of-the-art energy healing tools and transformational listing plus spiritual coaching to guide clients out of confusion, self-doubt, and perfectionism and into a life of grace, ease, connection, and purpose. She herself lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And when she's not writing about self-love and other things, you're going to find her out walking her one-eyed healer, and that's two E's, a healer, Luna Tuna, among the juniper trees. Hello, sweet sister Anna. We get to talk again. I'm so glad that life gives us these opportunities. Me too. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Susan, and what a lovely (laughs) introduction before that from Jackie. Hi, Jackie. 
how fun that we get to be here. And, and I, when Jackie came on, I was like, I wonder if that's the same Jackie who emailed me today. <laughs> it, it is. is. <laughs> you so are going to you're going to do another Ignite Your Phoenix Soul live salon. Is that true? I am. Yep. It's Thursday. Wow. I know. And and this might be the last time I do this for a while. So everyone who has not been to one of these events, you're going to want to come because they're really beautiful and inspiring and connected and just loving. They're so loving. And it's been such an honor, Susan, you know, to have you on some of these events. And it's such an honor to get to talk to you today. And, um, and yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. And, and kind of jealous, what is the Moon Lodge thing that you're doing? Many, many, many years ago, I was participating in a conversation with a group of women, and we were talking about a theme that is near and dear to many of our hearts, which is saving the earth, healing the earth. And I noticed, as this conversation was going along, that Brooke Medicine Eagle wasn't saying anything. And so I turned to her after a while and said, well, what do you have to say about this? And she said, I'm always amazed at white ego. (laughs) Yeah. She said, the earth is your mother. The earth is your healer. You do not heal her. You do not take care of her. Right. And... We were really stunned. I mean, what are we going to do with our lives if we don't do that, for goodness sake? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Totally. Oh, no. She knew. No, she no. knew that she just like, pulled the rug out from under us, and she said, so while you can't heal the earth or save the earth, you can nourish the earth, a woman of my own leanings. And she said, and the most important nourishment for the earth is menstrual blood. Mm-hmm. And she talked to us about Moon Lodge and Moon Lodge ceremonies and Moon Lodge gatherings all over the world and kind of challenged us to go forth and to have Moon Lodges. And so I had been having a Moon Lodge once a month, sometimes twice a month during the summer months, during the good weather, which is basically April through October here, mm-hmm. for for about 32 years. That's beautiful. Yeah, and so anyone that wants to come can join you? Any woman can come and join the Moon Lodge, correct. And a Whether woman is a menstruating. Oh, would you really want to be in a group of just menstruating women? Bitchy. No. <laughs> no, totally. Really? So whether, no. Whether you right. have and to not be... only that, you need to have <laughs> some maidens to go and fetch firewood and the right, right herbs. And you need to have the crones there to tell them which herbs to go and get, right? Oh, my gosh. I love this. Okay, so if I'm in the Woodstock area in the summertime, I need to reach out to you and find out if you're doing a moon lodge? Correct. They're, they're right. on my schedule. Okay. All, I will look. Yeah. And um, so let me walk over here, and I can tell you, let's see, we have September and October. There's uh, probably two more moon lodges 
this year. And again, it's always on my schedule. And we have a Moon Lodge on September 29th and on October 27th. And nice. then, then no more this year, but next year. And we it. gather, we gather, we, as someone put it, we sing silly songs and dance dorky dances. <laughs> and then we pass a talking stick, which in this case is actually a very interesting woven um, red object that was given to me. And um, each woman has an opportunity to speak and to share what's going on with her. And we sit in age order, so the eldest speaks first, and it moves around the circle um, from the oldest to the youngest. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. I really hate going to New York, but that would make it much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. I'm making a mental note. <laughs> a mental note. Mental note. Mental note. Could be fun in New York. <laughs> <laughs> if requ- if so required. Good. Could possibly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so tell us more about this. It's an online gathering, yes? Correct. It's an online gathering. We're meeting basically all day on Zoom, and we're starting at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern. And we're going to run for about eight hours. We'll take a half-hour break for lunch, and there'll be lots of little mini breaks kind of at the top of the hour or bottom of the hour here and there for refilling your glass of nourishing herbal infusions or releasing from your body <laughs> at the other end of your nourishing herbal infusions. What Jean um, Houston used to call drink and drain time. <laughs> exactly, drink and drain time, exactly. Exactly. So we'll have lots of little mini breaks and then a half-hour meal break in the middle of the day, meal movement, integration break. And I've got 11 guests coming actually it's actually 12 guests because I'm bringing on one of my awesome clients to talk about our work together so it's really me and 12 really fantastic women from all over the world coming together and we're talking about creativity nature connection spirituality healing alignment in your business if you have a business or if you're interested in ditching your corporate for something that's more soul aligned or if you're interested in making your corporate gig more soul aligned there's really something for everybody about living a life of purpose whatever that looks like for you what does that mean to live a life of purpose Great question. I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> well, there's so many ways to think about purpose. And at the most basic fundamental level, I really feel like for so many of us, we have such a wound around loving ourselves that at a fundamental level, you could say, or I would say that a big part of our purpose is actually learning to just be radically okay with who we are and whatever it is that our life is, whether we have created a life that is really satisfying to us or 
whether we've had trauma to overcome or obstacles or challenges, and just being radically okay with everything and understanding that it is all actually leading us, if we choose to have this worldview, it is leading us in the direction of purpose and meaning and connection. So that's the basic kind of like the ground level is like really learning to love ourselves because from there springs everything, right? It's like, how do we nourish the earth if we are doing so coming from a place of self-loathing and and self-denial, for instance, like we can't pour love into anything around us until it is coming through us. And that means also, you know, we're allowed to receive that same love. But then, you know, purpose can go in so many directions from there. We hear at least a lot of people that I talk to, I don't want to speak for everybody, but a lot of people think that their purpose has to be like related to their work, like their job, or if they do, um, if they're entrepreneurs or if they work in nonprofit, that their purpose is somehow tied to their job or making money. And that gets kind of confusing and it gets kind of muddy. And in some ways, your work absolutely can be related to your purpose. But in so many ways, isn't it true that the way that you conduct yourself out in the world can be purposeful and can be uplifting to anyone and everyone from the grocer at the grocery store to, you know, just someone that you're, you know, passing on the street. I live in a community where, you know, when you're walking on the road, the drivers slow down, hopefully, and they kind of wave at you and you wave at them, you acknowledge each other on the road. And and just that acknowledgement is purposeful and uh, meaningful. So living a life of purpose from that perspective could also just be about being awake and aware and in a reciprocal relationship with your environment, including the people, the plants, the animals in that environment and, and just being intentional, being loving. Being willing not to be alone. Ooh. Ooh, I have chills when you say that. Being willing not to be alone. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. We are becoming an increasingly fragmented culture and society, and um, aloneness is not a, a like you know having time to yourself is not a bad thing. However, we're wired for connection, and we have to. We have to have our experience mirrored because of our physiology, (laughs) and we can't do that alone. And so much happens in that space of of human connection. I'm so grateful for our connection and what comes out of it. Like, I always learn something more about me, about you, about people, (laughs) you know, and that can't happen in, in, in a vacuum, so thank you. I love that. That's really beautiful. I read this line in a novel I was reading, and it says, you don't really know someone until you've broken up with them. Oh, ouch. <laughs> oh, 
Oh gosh, that feels so true and like really it's like, Oh, ah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shit, I just walked over broken glass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, that is really astute. And uh, I'm going to sit with that for some time. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking to someone who said, that she was lonely, and I said, first of all, well, you can't be lonely. It's impossible to be lonely. You're, you know, you're on this planet that's throbbing with life. Yeah. And yeah. she said, oh, you know, but it's not the same as humans. And I said, <laughs> well, go online and connect with other people. Yeah. And that's what you're doing, right? You're creating. Right. A, that's what we're doing on a, Thursday. Exactly. place where... Women can come and be in women's culture for an entire day with you and 15 or so other women who will be there sharing. And usually um, when everybody is together on Zoom, there's a function where people can raise a hand and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's going to be an interactive It is not like being together in real life. It's not. It's true. In the same way that wearing a condom is not like having sex without it. It's true. (laughs) But better sex with a condom than none at all. Better groups on Zoom than none at all, gang. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, gosh. I was drinking a sip of tea right when you said that. (laughs) Sorry. Tea up your nose. Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. And, you know, let's be real. Like, there's stuff happening in different corners of the world, like your moon circle, you know, your moon lodge, which, uh, you know, I would love to be there in person one day. And and until then, I'm so grateful that we have this technology that I can connect with you in another way And because it isn't happening in my backyard, at least not with you. And I, when I talk to women about running moon lodges, I say when you look at the women who are there for your event, you have to multiply by 10 because for every woman who comes, there's another 10 women who want to be there. Right. Yeah. And they haven't gotten their very busy, very responsible lives to a place where they can be yet. Keep doing it. They will come. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. I'm sure mm-hmm. you hear this from women. I've been trying to get to to your salon, to your event for years, and I finally made it. And mm-hmm. so, again, we want to say that um, what Anna's doing is very special and really feeds yourself in a way that very few other things can do. And she does it exquisitely, and she might not be doing it again for a while. So go on Thursday. Thank you for that. Thank you, Susan. I mean, that really means a lot coming from you especially. I appreciate that. And I do put so much love and care and attention, and I, I hold really deep space. And it is a really interactive space. You know, when we're talking about stepping into purpose, we're talking about pushing through our comfort zone. We're talking about maybe doing things differently or things we've never, ever done before. We're talking about 
um, breaking old habits, you know, potentially of isolation and making new habits. And all of that is edgy. And to be able to be surrounded, you know, by a group of women online who are all in a similar position and having a similar experience is so nourishing so nourishing like this is a a nourishing herbal infusion for your soul (laughs) absolutely yes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and it's not necessary to do it forever to get the benefit what's Mm. really amazing to me is how much benefit there is from doing it once if you're saying mm. to yourself, oh, yeah, well, but then I'll never get to do it again. It's okay. You know, you'll get so much from it even if you never get to do it again. I will say that once you participate in something like this, it is addictive. You will want to do it again. <laughs> yes, of course. And, you know, once you're part of my community, you have the opportunity to join my free mighty network if you want to stay involved and of course i have a women's circle called the sacred sanctuary which is a very high touch very love infused very small and intimate gathering of women who are on a shared journey of living their purpose and just gosh is it luscious and deep the places that we go to in that group. And, and so, yeah, so this might be the last of this event that I do for some time undetermined at this time, but that doesn't mean that there aren't still other ways to stay connected. And I sure would love to get back to doing some in-person events as well. Um, And just, you know, being in community and in circle in the flesh with women just feels really good too. So if anyone's in the Santa Fe area, let me know. All right. Hey, yes. Including yeah. you, Susan. Come visit. <laughs> okay. I generally make uh, a yearly pilgrimage to be with my oldest friend in Tucson. Yeah. Do you drive out or fly out? I always fly out. So, unfortunately, Santa Fe is a bit far, but who knows? Maybe maybe she and I will uh, drive your way and you can drive Ooh, our way. Yeah. We could meet in some some mystical middle there oh my for gosh, a time at a, meet, a, yes, time at a spa. We should, That's the kind of thing she likes to do is to go find some spa Oh, we somewhere. should meet in Truth or Consequences and do the hot tubs, the hot, the hot well, springs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> okay. I'll let you know. We'll do it. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, what what got you into offering this kind of event for women? It's I was talking to Astrid last night, and you know it's right before her event, which is going to be this coming weekend, and it's always kind of that right before when you're both the most excited and you're at the most like, why am I doing this? Totally. <laughs> Am I like, have I totally taken leave of my senses? I have put so much effort and so much energy and so much care and so much love into this. Like, really? Really? And like, two people have signed up? You know, or 20 or 200 or however, however many it is, you're always like thinking, oh, nobody loves me. And on some (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, well, and, you know, right and, was, and yeah, what I said ahead. to her is, it, it it is its own reward. We yeah. create events because I'll speak for myself because I am driven to create women's culture. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's all I, about the connection. I want mm-hmm. to be in that women's culture. Yeah. And I want it enough that I'm going to create it. And if others want to come and play with me, goody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I started, I did my, I launched my first summit. This is kind of like a summit, but it's more, I'm calling it a salon because it's live for a day. But it's similar to the summit model where you invite a lot of seekers, and we all collaborate and cross-promote and, and share the word about this women's culture. And the first one I did was in January of 2020, and it was a real initiation into visibility and growing my reach and being able to connect with women all over the world. And it was um, excruciating and terrifying and all of these things, and it was just such a beautiful journey for me, also a growth journey. And then in 20, early 2021, I think is when I brought you on to my first of these events, and that was Rising from the Ashes. And that's when you and I kind of just like struck a chord with each other. And um, that was a much larger event, and I started incorporating live events then because I just got so much energy for myself out of, being live with people and having real questions in the moment and and just, you know, we had tea ceremonies and meditations and, like, we just had, it was just so much fun. And it was exhausting and it was grueling and it was so expensive to put on. I mean, it was, like, everything you can imagine. And I thought, oh, my gosh, why am I doing this? And then the next year I came up with this theme of, you know, I kept going with the Phoenix theme and I, I came up with the bookends, the spring and fall events, the resurrect your Phoenix heart and the ignite your Phoenix soul. And you've been on both of those springtime events like last year and this year. And, um, and I kind of got addicted to it and <laughs> addicted to the connection, to the collaboration, to, you know, being able to create this nourishing, safe space for women to come into and to be seen and heard and held by, you know, everyone there, not just me, it, it is a bit addictive. And I'm going to find other ways to reproduce it on a smaller scale that are a little bit more nourishing for my nervous system. And, um, you know, but this all-day live thing, this is, I probably am not going to do this again for a while. I, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do it again, but I don't think I'm going to do it for a while because my nervous system needs a bit of a reset and, and a retooling. And, and, and so I'm going to look at how I can recreate this in other ways, but they'll be more intimate, and, which is a good thing in my book, um, um, and, and more laser-focused, I think, because well, it won't be with, you know, so many guests and so many different events in one day, which is really like a beautiful buffet. So I've been telling all of my friends and colleagues <laughs> in January when I get ready to start my next one, remember what I said. We're not doing another one for a little while. We're going to take a break okay. and <laughs> redirect. <laughs> redirect, redirect. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So 
tell us about Luna Tuna. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, I was in a coaching container a couple of years ago with this with a beautiful woman named uh, Dr. Tara Christoph, and she actually died almost a year ago. Um, and uh, she was young, and it was a real tragedy. Um, and so in that, the last year that I coached with her, she had a beautiful program called Women on Purpose, and she invited all of us to have a soul project for the year. And... Um, and that was, like, not business-related necessarily. Like, it could be writing a book. It could be doing a creative project. It could be I don't know what. And I had just adopted this terror of a dog, <laughs> this absolute terror of a dog named Luna. And um, she had spent her first three years in an abusive situation. She uh, had been attacked right before that's how she came to me was that she was attacked by some roaming country dogs and they um, mangled her and took her eye out and she's really fierce. So I can only imagine how terrifying that fight must have been. And so she came to me and her eye was shut. She was terrified of me. She wouldn't come close to me in the first day. But as soon as I fed her, she kind of got the picture like, Oh, this, this is going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and and by the second day, she, I was on the floor, and she was in my lap and licking my neck. So we got along. She and I got along really well. But any time I would take her for a walk, I was kind of terrified because she had terrible fear aggression. And um, I'd never had a dog that would lunge and bark and growl at someone who was, you know, walking 10, 12, 15 feet away. And so I really took it upon myself to figure out how I could work with this really traumatized, wounded creature who desperately just needed love and care and really loved people and affection, but she's terrified of it. And so she became my soul project. And um, and I, I did have to hire a trainer because I was out of my league with her. Even though I've had dogs my whole life, I just never had a dog that was quite uh, – healers are very – sensitive and very they have a hair trigger um, because of their 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 central nervous system is just very very um, quick and fast like way faster than mine <laughs> and so um, so she became my soul project and I just I just poured into her lots of training lots of discipline lots of boundaries lots of tuning into what she needed to be safe and I've had her now for almost three years, and she's a totally different dog. She's still triggery, and she's still real nervous about new people. But if people just ignore her and let her come to them, boy, she goes to them right away. Whereas it took it took months and months for her to just get comfortable with my mom, and that was seeing her all the time. So, you know, over three years now, her, her response time is just so much faster. And she is just a love, and she's goofy, and she's funny, and she's excited aggressive and she's horrible at letting me take pictures of her or shoot video because if I could she'd be like a YouTube phenomenon <laughs> she's so funny and she's oh adorable my gosh. <laughs> she's totally adorable mm. and you know I, I always really enjoy these stories with traumatized animals because yeah. It's very rare that someone says, and the way that I got this traumatized animal 
to feel safe and comfortable was by making war against it. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. And so what on earth are we doing as humans, right? It's just like, it's just so clear. Animals are, are such wonderful teachers to us. I mean, I have never had to be so attuned to the cues and the needs of another creature. And I realized this is exactly what I needed as a child. This is exactly what I needed in my marriage. This is exactly what I need to do with myself. And all this is the third dog that I've had as an adult. I've had dogs that lasted a long time. And, um, and each one had really poignant, astute lessons for me at that time in my life. And this dog is just spot on. I mean, she is such a fantastic teacher to me and, um, and is just like, like crazy good mirror. Like she's one of those mirrors that's uh, magnified. So you see everything, <laughs> you know, every spot, every hair, every pimple, every blackhead, like that's, that's this every, dog. Every that kind of mirror. <laughs> totally yeah exactly yeah she's great uh, wow luna tuna what a gift mm-hmm. there, for sure oh, there are right. just always so many opportunities to be gifted and to be more expansive and more loving Mm-hmm. and Indeed. to prove to ourselves over and over again that loving kindness and nourishment really does work. Yeah, it really does work. Exactly. And we can offer that to ourselves as much or more than we can offer it to others. Like it's needed, it's necessary to ourselves as much or more than we need to give it to others. In in fact, I sometimes think that you and I would have very little left to do if everyone loved themselves. Oh, for sure. I would be out of work, and that would be a good thing. Like, I could just, you know, I don't know, just do something else. Walk your dog. <laughs> I mean, I I love what I do. I absolutely adore the work that I do, but how wonderful would it be if it was not necessary? Always my what goal to, yeah, to, be, to sure. become unnecessary. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, to become obsolete. <laughs> You know, for me, having a purpose um, has to do with doing that very human thing of creating significance. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. The goats enjoy today. Right. They do not have holidays. (laughs) <laughs> There's never a day that we go out to the barn and the goats say, oh, it's this special holiday and we're going to do this to observe it. They, they, they make every day a holiday, one could say. Right. But they don't separate things out. It's humans. Right. They this has significance. This is how I am going to symbolize this particular thing. And Mm -hmm. I say to women that you have significance in your life only insofar as you are willing to 
name it, and live it. Right. Right. We'll put. We'll add in one more. Name it, claim it, and live it. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Because that's what we do as human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful that we can indeed do that. I feel very gratified that my purpose basically has been fulfilled. Um, the big hurrah I had um, cancer and surgery mm-hmm. nearly dying three years ago really, you know, brought me to the other side thinking, oh, you know, it's like now I'm living my post-death life. Right. Like, like I, now I get to see what would have happened if I had died. Right. And so I said, well, then you need a new purpose. And since my purpose of restoring herbal medicine to its rightful place is people's medicine, I really think is like alive and on its own and doesn't need me to mm-hmm. jump on any soapbox for it anymore. I've decided that the purpose for the last 25 years of my life will be to remind us all we cannot do it wrong. Mm. I love that. Yeah, we can't do it wrong. We just need to show up. Just showing up is enough. And and so now I have a purpose up until 102. Should I live longer than that? I will need to have a new purpose. Okay, we'll we'll put heads together and we'll we'll figure that out when we get there. We'll figure that (laughs) out when we get to that age, exactly. But I like to, you know, I like to sometimes set a time limit on things Mm -hmm. and sometimes like with the with the restoring herbal medicine to its rightful place, I didn't know how long it would take, so I just left it open-ended. But it's yeah. also, I think, important to actually say, I have achieved this. I have achieved this purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Celebration is such an important part of the journey, and it's really easy to overlook it. And to just say, well, let me get on to the next thing then. Like, what's the next best thing for me or where am I going? And it's like, well, wait a second. Where are you right now? Where you are right now is beautiful. Like, holy cow, have you ever restored herbs to the rightful, you know, place as people's medicine? Like, holy cow, yeah. Let's celebrate that. (laughs) Right. And in the work that you do, you give women a safe place to celebrate their success. Absolutely. It is such an important part of the journey, and um, and it provides – it's the fuel that keeps us going, too. We, you know, otherwise the fuel that drives us forward is perfectionism or not enoughness or um, imposter syndrome. I have to keep doing better. I have to get another certification. I have to, you know, learn how to do this so that I can help this. Or And it's like, well, wait, no, actually, look at all the magic you have already at your disposal Look at all the tools that you've acquired over your lifetime. Look at all the wisdom you've acquired. You know, be with that space. Honor that. There's no other person exactly like you with your set of experience and skills and passion and drive and focus and love. Everyone has their own special, unique uh, recipe. And so you can only do you and, you know, and celebrate that. It's a really it's a really special thing. And many women are late starters. Mm. I am for sure. <laughs> Super late. <laughs> it's 
not it's not too late to start in your 30s it's not too late to start in your 40s it's not too late to start in your 50s or your 60s or whatever age you are it's right. not too late right. ever right totally i have a great aunt she's in her 80s and she uh had a career as a social worker she had her msw and she worked for decades as a social worker and then in her 50s she said i feel like going to law school and now she's still practicing law in her 80s, and she loves it. <laughs> wow. You know? I know. Yeah. Yeah, she's sharp as a tack. She's, you know, traveling, doing things, whatever, whatever. She's she's incredible. She's, and I was like, yeah, you know, I just turned 50 this year, right? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, who knows what's ahead for me? I have no idea. <laughs> Jim, you show up you- for it. In Houston used to tell us, you know, people used to have to die and then come back and have a new life. She's, she says, but now you just have to create a new life when it's time. You don't have to die anymore. Yeah, totally. What a relief. <laughs> <laughs> that means we don't have to you know, you have to come back, you have to learn to walk, talk, be a toilet train. Exactly. There's a lot of, like, you know, early year upkeep. To, it's better just to, like... Uh-huh. I totally. do the do the kind of work with um, Anna that she is offering, um, and you might say to yourself, "Really, what could go on in one day?" Problems oh are complicated, but solutions are simple. That's right. That's right. That's right. Something can happen in that one day that you may not even know at the time it happened, and it will unlock something in you that you will wake up to. Yeah, and people do, they come back and they say, wow, this is so profound. This is like, this this changed me. And I, I sit here and I say, oh, it's just this one day thing, whatever, whatever. I say the same exact thing. But then, you know, but then the participants come back and they tell me the most beautiful takeaways, the, the, the shift in perspective that happened that made such a real tangible difference to them because they could finally see something in a different way. And that is what, you know, Marianne Williamson calls a miracle, that shift in perspective, because it offers us an opportunity to do something differently that we didn't, we could not, literally could not do before because the perspective wasn't there to allow it. And it's just, it's really beautiful, really beautiful. As always, when I'm talking with Anna Clint, I could listen and talk and enjoy and benefit for a long, long time. But here we are on a blog talk show, <laughs> and they're kind of severe about cutting us off. So yeah. what, haven't you, what haven't you talked about that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I think we've touched on so much that's so beautiful. Uh, just Then what would you like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone listening to you? You, each and every person listening here, you have a purpose that is imprinted on your soul. You have a contract that you came here to fulfill. And that contract is your actualization, the self-realization, you becoming the most you version of you that there is. So without all of the conditioning and the bullshit from society and family and trauma and this and that, inside of you is your intrinsic soul self. And it came here to express. And that's what we're going to be talking about on Thursday. And um, the way to join us, it's totally free, by the way, all day, completely free, is to go to my website. Can I share that now? 
please. Okay. So go to my website. My name is confusing. It's Anna, but it's spelled with an E like Anne. So it's A-N-N-E-M as in Monique, K-L-I-N-T as in Tom, AnnaMClint.com slash Phoenix as in the city or the mythical creature, Phoenix dash soul. And that'll take you right to the website. So A-N-N-E-M-K-L-I-N-T dot com slash Phoenix dash soul, S-O-U-L, and join us. You have plenty of time to join us. Tomorrow, an email is going out in the morning with a beautiful Phoenix Earth Grid activation. It's from Shirley Lohmeyer. It's going to be really juicy and great. So jump on there tonight. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, and join us. I envision that we are reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And yes. this weaving is also a musical piece. And I think that this event which you are having on Thursday is a very important note, a very important chord mm. in this concert that will set a theme in motion that will carry you to whatever is coming. Thank you for that beautiful blessing, Susan. And it is a real honor to have this time with you. I always appreciate it. Thank you for all you do, Anna. And hey, Sarah Ellen, thank you to listeners. Green blessings. Lots of love. And good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.